Cynic Empowerment. Last time on Cynic Empowerment. Another man, Jared Staunton, said that after his assault, Weaver lifted my head up and looked into my eyes and said, You don't have to be afraid anymore. I'm your protector now. With that, Staunton said the minister kissed him on the lips. And at that point, Jared Staunton should have been like, I think I'm going to go. Let's let's not do this anymore. Um, If your pastor is kissing you on the lips. Let's just start it up and go for it. Okay. Uh, welcome, everybody. This is. Wait. Do I? Am I even recording right now? Am I... I don't know. Are you recording? Press the. Oh, press I am recording. Button. All right. Take two. Okay. Welcome. Oh, damn it! I clicked the wrong button. Welcome, everybody. This is Cynic Empowerment. My name is Jimmy Horn. And I'm Tim Carpenter. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. Ooh, we we got a good one for you today. We're talking about. Fast food. Everybody loves fast food, right? Yeah. Talking about maybe a little bit of organ transplants. Everybody loves organ transplants as well. <laughs> just kind of, just kind of going over, going over a summary for you guys, so you know what to expect. Uh, because nothing upsets people faster than not knowing what to expect. I mean, hell, like, what if I walked into McDonald's, for example, and I was trying hey, to, hey, to, hey, you piece of shit, you get out of here. Yeah, yeah, we don't serve your kind here. You, my, we my don't, kind? Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, you're kind. The people that wear things like the clothes that you're wearing, yeah, we don't serve those kinds of people. The clothes that I'm wearing? Yeah. Like, are you talking about the, the, the badge? Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't serve people that have badges. We don't serve badges. Uh, we don't serve badges in this fine establishment. This is McDonald's. Sir. Okay. And we- I happen to be a paramedic. Yeah, well, we don't serve your kind either. Just don't, don't fucking serve my kind. I would think that in any place in our society, a paramedic needs to belong. It's in a McDonald's restaurant. I think that they should be playing to their audience, you know? You just, oh, you, I mean, think about it. If you go to a rave, there's always like those emergency people there in case like people get dehydrated, like they're doing too many drugs and stuff like that at the rave. I think you need the same level of precautions at a McDonald's due to the chances of having a heart attack after eating their food. (laughs) Yeah, I can just imagine there's one guy in the corner that all the paramedics are eyeing. He's 400 pounds. He's on his third big, Big Mac. He's like breathing kind of heavy. He starts coughing and he, like he can't stop the fit. He's like hitting his chest yeah. and they're all like slowly edging up out of their seats, like leaning towards him. I love it. He's just like <coughs> and then he like hacks up uh, a partially chewed piece of like gray matter burger onto his plate. And they're like, oh, okay, crisis averted. Crisis Good. averted. And, it's just- and then they, they sit down only to look over to their left. And, of course, there's some asshole that's standing there telling them that they're not going to be served because they're wearing a goddamn badge. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. Fucking bullshit. Some fucking bullshit. Do you think that the paramedic was in their rights to, I don't know, punch that guy in the face? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if there was ever an appropriate time, because usually on this show, we stand for the, you know, the the fast food worker, the person that buses tables, 
the guy that cleans the bathrooms and fine establishments. Those are the people that we stand with here on Syndic Empowerment and that we usually try to empower with our words, you know, uh, punch, punch, punch up to all the assholes out there. But in this case, uh, the McDonald's worker was definitely in the wrong. Oh, absolutely. Uh, let's see. This person, of course, has been fired. Uh, duh. <laughs> like, yeah, right. even if you, even if you're like standing up to the establishment, like the owners of McDonald's are not going to want you to turn away any type of business, much less someone who is a public servant. Yeah, it's, it's just dumb. It looks at all kinds of bad. Yeah, it just it, right. I mean, you're trying to make money, so like from the the, the that uh, specific standpoint, it makes zero sense why you would turn people away in your establishment trying to make money. You want customers, but then it, I just wonder. You got to wonder how stupid the person was to not like. To like not like paramedics or like to be so dumb to not yeah. understand what know what a paramedic outfit looks like like what a, their uniform looks like like they couldn't read the part on their 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 uniform that says paramedic on it and I, I don't understand how anyone could be prejudiced <laughs> against yeah. paramedics of all people I feel like being prejudiced against firefighters like ah oh, you assholes you fucking fire murderers you murder baby fires you're you're like fire abortionists. <laughs> I feel like there's a positive correlation between ignorance and being prejudiced. So in all honesty, it kind of makes sense. Like the more idiotic this person is, the more, you know, illiterate they happen to be, (laughs) the more ignorant they probably are. So they're probably not able to read the fact that they're a paramedic or recognize the difference from one uniform to another. Well, it's absolutely well, idiotic. Like usually, police officer uniforms are gray or blue. I think I've seen a black one every once in a while, but they're usually like dark colors. Uh, you know, very severe looking. Oh, and sometimes they're even like outright militant. Like they wear the bulletproof vests and the little. They have a million little pockets so they can carry all their bullets and tasers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Uh, as as messed up as uh, that story is, there's like a little side story at the end of the article that I think is even ten times more amazing. Uh, so what happened is there was a Burger King in Louisiana where two police officers try to use the drive-through to get some food, and so you know they go there and they're like, um, yes, uh, I would like uh the number two with uh, medium fries and a large coke or whatever, and then uh the the people that were operating the drive-through were like, um. We don't. We're all out of food, and they're like, they're like, what? You're you're all out of food? Yeah, there's no more food left. Bye. You can't have any. <laughs> no. We <laughs> got them. And, and then, and then, reportedly, the police officers went up to like the window to try to get their attention, and all I could hear was laughing through the window, and they couldn't get the people to respond. So it was just like imagining like these police officers that were just like, what the fuck, man? I just wanted to order some food. And like some yeah. kids like, we told him we didn't have any food. Got him. Got him. Got him, man. Uh, they believed geez. it. Got wrecked. Uh, um, okay. So putting the shoe on the other foot, I have been uh, rolling around in – Clarksville, Tennessee, and the general area therein for the last couple of weeks. And I have seen a lot of folks supporting the Blue Lives Matter via the little um, the, flag. the little black and white American flag with the blue line running through it. Yeah. 
I assume that that's that's what that is. Um, yep. It makes me feel kind of odd. I don't see a lot of stuff about Black Lives Matter, uh, and in fact, I, I don't really. I'm not familiar with the symbolism that's associated with the movement. It's usually just. I think it's just black imposed letters that say Black Lives BLM. Matter. Yeah, or BLM, like white okay. letters on black. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, n- m- much less marketable, in my opinion, but <laughs> still. <laughs> <laughs> True. It's a little bit harder. Yeah, this thing's all over the place. I've seen several variations of it as well. Uh, I knew a I knew a guy that would wear a hat around pretty frequently that was that flag, but it was superposed over a an assault rifle. Nice. Was, yeah, that's like that's really weird. I, I, yeah, I, I usually see a big correlation between like like I think the last time I saw uh, the the blue li- blue lives matter flag was like on a car that also had the word love on the back of it, like a, a sticker, yeah. and the, the love was spelt with, with uh, I think, random, like, assault rifles and shit, and bullets yeah. and guns. That's so weird. Yeah. It was kind of odd, though, like, especially the, the assault rifle with the Blue Lives Matter thing, because you have this support for police officers, right. which is the beginnings of, like, an authoritarian state to a degree. Right. Like police you, you state. Have, you have a municipality that is monopolizing violence right. via their police officers. They're the only people that are allowed to carry guns in, in public in various establishments. And uh, in the instance that they see fit, they can shoot your ass. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, not without recourse, and they can't just do it willy-nilly. Uh, but I thought that that was one of the big things that the uh, Second Amendment's activists were fighting against. Oh, yeah. They were so, like, yeah, oh, right, like the the – Populists should have guns to defend themselves yeah. against their state that has guns. Tyrannical governments, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, Which yeah. are going to, of course, express themselves through their militant police force. Right. Duh. Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, I, I it's really confusing. Yeah. It's usually the more people love guns, the more they love police officers. So go figure that one out. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's just violence loving maniacs. Uh,. You got a silver lining to this one, Jimmy? Silver lining, uh, you know, paramedics are finally getting their their due. <laughs> their, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Get with the I think uh, the silver lining here is that those paramedics are healthier than they would have been had they eaten McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, they had a lot too. <laughs> now that they're never going to go to that premises ever again after being treated like shit. By some random uh, McDonald's employee. Yeah. What, what would you do if you witnessed like a paramedic getting yelled at by a McDonald's employee trying to order food? Like, how would you respond if you were physically there witnessing it happen? Uh. Well, like they, they're like at the cashier. Like, beside hey, me. hey, you, hey, sorry, we're not, we're, we're not going to serve you, and you're just standing there, not as a paramedic, like watching this happen. But, like, we don't serve your kind here. You should probably just lean over and just be like, uh, you know, hey, dude, you, you know he's, like, not a cop, right? <laughs> like, he doesn't have anything to do with law enforcement. Oh, yeah? Whatsoever. Then why has he got that badge, huh? <laughs> I'd, I'd probably whip out my fake police officer badge, and I'd be like, look, like, I'm not a cop either, but I like to carry my badge <laughs> just in case I get in a predicament like this. I need to shut up some dumb idiot. Well, guess what, <laughs> idiot? I'm not giving you food either now because you have a badge, too. Fuck! And then I jump over the <laughs> counter and wreck that fool. I like it. Blue lives matter. <laughs> Blue lives matter. 
Nice. Oh man. Nice. Uh, yeah, I'd I'd be a little bit more ginger with that person if they were a male though. If they were a female though, I mean, like, who cares about them, right? You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Especially if like I had a daughter and uh, you know they were in like dire need, I'd just be like, you know, like 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 what? Let's weigh the pros and cons. You know, you you don't always need a I don't know like an organ transplant. Yeah, I mean, if it's a girl, of course. If it's a girl, if it's a, if it's a girl, that's right, that's right. Boys, boys yeah. need organs. Girls, oh hell yeah, they do. do not. It's yeah, it's written in uh in sacred law that uh you have to give to the penis and reserve from the vagina, right? Excuse me. Uh, sorry, what was that? You, you want to run that by me one more time? No, I no, I don't want to say that again. It felt weird. Yep. <laughs> I feel I felt weird hearing it. Yeah, it's pretty odd. Uh, you have to uh, you have to benevolently give to the penis. That's that's the that's the rule. It's the rule in this whatever kind of dumbass religion this is. Wait, is this religion or is this? I don't know. Is this just people being shitty because it's a girl? I don't know. It could be influenced by religion. I don't know why people do what they do. To I don't know. It's pretty shitty. Uh, uh, I started this podcast with you to try to figure out, have a better understanding of why people do what they do, and I'm just getting more confused with every episode. Oh man, God, I know that's right. Uh, so we try to like sandwich some of the more depressing topics in between the ones that are a little bit more lighthearted, because I know that a lot of people listen to podcasts for their entertainment value, despite the fact that Jimmy and I actually want to have, inform people out there that there are shitty things that still go on and we feel bad about them. So we think you should feel bad about them. We want you to feel as bad as we do. So that way we can just have a very like neutral line of happiness in the world. You know, some like little downs and ups, but just like very neutrally, like not very great feeling. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, that, that's, that's why we, uh, we pattern our episodes the way that we do. Exactly. Uh, all right. So let's, let's talk about this a little bit. So we're going to be, yeah, we're going to be talking about, uh, let's see. Do we have a name here? Kanchan Kumari, a resident of the Avgil village under Sadar block in Shikpura district. Is that India? I assume that's India. Yes. Bihar is the 13th largest state of India. It's in northern India. So this is another classic we hate yeah. women in uh, India story. To pretty often. My god. So her um her parents took her to the uh, local hospitals in town and ultimately to the Indira Gandhi Institute of Medical Sciences, IGIMS, uh for treatment. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, tests showed that her kidneys had failed as a result. Uh, her parents were not independently wealthy. They didn't have any options to pay for a kidney transplant. Uh, and once she was ultimately taken back to the hospital in the district where she was from, uh, her parents uh, effectively told her that they weren't going to give her the kidney either. Right. And the, and so uh, <laughs> what makes it worse is it wasn't that they weren't just not going to give her a kidney. They said they were specifically not going to give her one of their kidneys because she was a girl. Specifically. It was like, fuck, fuck off, bitch. Why, why are you asking for kidneys? You, use a girl. Why, why do you think you, why do you expect you need a kidney? It's like, but mom, you're yeah, a girl. This too. Is it's a, like, 
Bitch. I feel like there's a lot more to unravel about this story, despite just being blatantly sexist. Uh, we could probably do an entire episode on uh, sexism in India, specifically. I mean, we, we've had multiple stories. We could probably do an entire podcast say, on it. We probably which is what could. we're actually trying to do, if you haven't noticed. So her story's being put on the loudspeaker, uh, and I guess in hopes that she might find a donor. But unfortunately, as of yet, uh, it's you know, no luck. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have a hard time understanding how you could raise a child into, you know, teenage years and then have them be severely ill and you have the means to make I tell you them what, no uh, longer ill and you're like, eh, I, I know that this is absolutely not the case, but I could totally imagine raising a child into their teenage years and at the point that they reach their teenage years, decide that they are not worth living anymore. <laughs> <laughs> True. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have saved my life when I was a teenager. Oh yeah, I was the shittiest teenager. I I wouldn't deserve a kidney transplant for sure. No. God. The, now now I probably would deserve one. I, I've made up for it, but uh, only only recently. Yeah, you've been you've been doing a lot of that Habitat for Humanity kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got that good karma coming your way. I, I want to be the like Dingle. I want to live the Dingle life. That way, when a wave breaks my goddamn neck, people feel bad when I'm dead and give my family lots of money. I don't want the, it to be like, yeah, this fucking piece of shit. You know, he's just like smoking twelve packs of cigarettes a day and uh, just has you know burn marks uh, on every piece of clothing that he owns because he's a fucking slob and smells like trash. Uh, I, I want I want people to you know be like he was great he did Habitat for Humanity and he liked dogs and he would always catch the spiders in the house and let them outside. Please give his significant other lots of money so they can continue living. Yeah. Hey, that spider shit that ain't easy. I do that too. My wife's always like. Fucking kill it. <laughs> Murder its ass. Honey, it's a good it's a good thing. Like there are a lot of good spiders out there. You just need to like let it go. And occasionally occasionally it goes horribly wrong. You know, you try to slip that little piece of paper underneath that garbage. And it jumps on your face. And it jumps on your face. And it tries to crawl in your face <laughs> and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> Do you see any silver linings about this about this story, man? <laughs> <laughs> silver lining is get wrecked, kid. If you wanted kidneys, you should have been born with good kidneys. <sighs> That's obviously not true. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the fact that you needed to say that <laughs> in this I don't, age. Uh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Well, she's uh, the, she's getting uh, international uh, news attention. So Hopefully someone reads this story who majestically just for whatever reason has a third kidney yeah. and it's just, you know, banging around and they can donate it, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully to the story she gets a kidney. I don't know if that's how the kidney market works, mm. but if it does, uh, I hope it, I, I hope, hope it does. does. I hope it works that way. Yeah. I hope, hope that's the way the kidney market works. Let's hope that she gets that extra kidney, just that surplus of kidney that's rolling around. Oh man. I'll tell you what, there, there's also a surplus of stolen cars. You know what I mean? Sometimes 
you just see a car that's just like sitting there and you're like, man, what am I going to do with these two hands that are excellent at breaking into vehicles and hot wiring the shit out of them? I guess I'm going to get a free ride. You know what I mean? I mean, I've played Grand Theft Auto. I know how it is. Yeah. If you see it, if, if you see a nice car, you're going to just walk over to it, open the door, hop in and start driving. I know what it's like. Yeah. The keys I know, left in it. I know it's that easy. <laughs> It's like turn it over a couple of times and, you know, we're off. Speaking of it being that easy, I'm really, really short going off the rails. Uh, I was recent this weekend. I was in uh, central middle nowhere, Illinois, and uh, my dad's uh, wife was asking if there was any crime in the town because it only has like 300 people. And it's hard to imagine that anyone commit crime in a town where everyone knows everyone. And apparently the the average rate of crime was seven percent above the national average but when we started looking into the crimes that happened basically all the crimes happened because everyone out there just leaves their sheds and doors and cars and everything else unlocked because they 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 i don't know trust each other and so shit just keeps getting stolen all the goddamn time because nothing's locked nothing's locked in this fucking town no one locks anything Everything's just like left out for you to steal. Like we went to a to a hardware store and someone just like had their bike just like on uh, the stand kicked out with like not no lock on it. It's just like please steal my shit. What did so you stole the shit, right? No, I didn't steal any shit, but I could have. It would have been very easy. Hey, good for you, Jimmy. That's some extra good karma coming your way. <laughs> Yay! I'm a dingle boy. Yeah, you you are living that dingle life. Good for you. Thanks, man. man. Shout out to Dingle, y'all. But but you know who who uh, would you definitely wouldn't want to live have living in this town is this guy. Is it uh, Wayala Stewart? Wayala. 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 Yeah. No wait, Wayala. Wait, wait, alleged. Wayala Nori. Wayala. 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 Is that a first name? I don't fucking know what I'm... The last name. It's got to be the last name, right? Wouldn't it be Nori Wyala? Did they flip the name? Nori Wyala. It's got to be the last name. The alleged driver, a 34-year-old Wyala Nori man. So Wyala Nori is a place. Hmm. We- what? Wyala. That's a place. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird name for a place. I want to... I want to die. So the place is called Wyala. The man's named Nori. Okay, I'm gonna jump out a jump out a window. Okay, I'm not gonna do it. Okay, what's his name? He and his past. So his name's Nori. Okay. So this dude named Nori was going around. And he was stealing cars and shit, like people do when they're good at it, or sometimes they're bad at it. I guess he was bad at it because he got caught. So this Nori dude got caught stealing cars and shit in Wyala, wherever the hell Wyala is. And and they're like, oh, you've been stealing cars and shit. You got to appear in court and defend yourself in court for stealing all these cars. And he's like, okay, cool. Uh, and yeah. uh, I guess uh, Nori didn't have a car of its own, so when he needed to appear in court, what did he do? Well, he had to get there. How do you get from? He had to get there. Yeah. <laughs> and so how do you get there? Hold another fucking car. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's just so deep into it you don't really have a way out um, it's kind of oh, like yeah. a, I don't know I feel like it's kind of like a, a homeless person going to Goodwill and buying a uh, a suit that they think makes them look like a, a, a well to do normal person but it actually just makes them look like more of a homeless person 
That's true. Just I've all, seen that. Just all they know. You know, they, they just can't fucking help it. It's like no matter what they do, they just look more and more like a hobo. Yeah. It's like you can spot them out of a crowd instantly. It's like, yeah, that's, that's that person's homeless. They definitely have nowhere to go tonight. Um, unless it's that 10 over there, and if that's the case, I'm just going to – I'm going to report it. I'm going to pull up my app, and I'm going to fucking report it. You see a tent? Report a tent. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I go camping in Washington, I'm just going to report all the fucking campers. Get wrecked, campers. Yeah. Trying to, trying to live there. Living without sanitation is inhumane. Uh, <laughs> so here we have a quote. We're hoping that when his partner attends court next month, she catches the bus and we just break this vicious cycle, Senior Constable Stokes said. <laughs> Wow, the vicious cycle of stealing vehicles. Yeah. Oh, my God. I wonder how long it took them to realize that the car that they arrived in court in happened to be a stolen vehicle, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, they they probably had an inclination that he was going to do it again. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, if if you're willing to steal a car one time, you're probably willing to do it twice, right? That's true. Unless you're doing it on like a Jason Statham movie and you just like had to do it because you got to go 90 to nothing to wreck another car or something. I don't know. You know, like it's some kind of action flick mess, right? Right. I mean, one, I mean, it's like once you're under the radar of the police, they're going to start sniffing around to, I don't know, make sure you're doing X, Y, and Z and I guess see if they can trump up some more charges on you. That's a, so if you're, that's a, so if you're already, if you already know that, the police suspect you to be a car thief. It's probably for the best to, you know, lay low for a while and yeah, not drive. Cool off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You got to cool that off. Uh, that's an excellent point, though, Jimmy, uh, about, you know, crime and disciplinary action in general or just stigma. Um, whenever something uh, occurs that causes a disciplinary committee, whether it be uh, a police uh, officer or, uh, you know, some local municipality, your your boss at work, uh, yeah. whenever you fuck up, they're going to start looking at you closer. And when they oh, start yeah. at you closer, the likelihood that you're going to fuck up again I, I, it multiplies. Like it increases multiple times. So it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy that it's true. you're going to cause that person to ultimately fuck up more as a result of the additional pressure of being watched uh, or – you know, that, you know, everybody just fucks up regularly and mm-hmm. you're actually looking for somebody to fuck up. You manage to find a lot more of what is already occurring everywhere. Exactly. You show up for you show up late from lunch one time and all, all before you know it, people are putting sticky notes on your back that say late late from lunch, Jimmy. Yep. <laughs> and then everyone expects it. it's like, oh, there he goes. He's going to lunch like he does every day because he has to eat like all the other human beings. It's late lunch, Jimmy. I bet you he's going to show up late from lunch. <laughs> Is that ha- actually happening, Jimmy? No, that hasn't happened to me. <laughs> it's just something that I could totally see happening. It's why I'm always punctual. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be I'm preemptively afraid to become late lunch, Jimmy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you- I don't want it. I have nightmares. I wake up in cold sweats. Just dreaming about late lunch, Jimmy. In a perfect world, I feel like everybody would approach uh, <laughs> criminal action that way. They'd just be like, "Well, I yeah, I don't want to be ostracized by my community. I want everybody to like me. I, I'm kind of a perfectionist, yeah. so I'm not gonna fuck I'm up." A perfectionist, just based oh. on the fact, you know. 
So you're saying that everyone should just have a really uh, healthy amount or unhealthy amount of anxiety in hopes that it'll prevent them from uh, doing wrong. Yeah, you you take the good with the bad, right? <laughs> you, you, sometimes you oh my god, the sacrifices. Our hospitals will be filled with people having panic attacks, thinking they're having heart attacks, but the streets will be, you know, clean and lacking in crime. Sounds good to me, man. <laughs> What's the silver lining for this guy? Oh, <laughs> uh, old Nori. Old Nori. Uh, fuck. Um, he. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he, he was caught, so I guess whoever got their shit stolen got it back. I mean, you know, yeah. um, I would hate for him to have my car stolen. And uh, <laughs> as funny as this story is, that someone would be dumb enough to show up to court in a stolen vehicle for, uh, you know, car theft charges. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm glad that people got their shit back. Uh, yeah, I mean, me too. That that's all well and good. Uh, I I think the silver line is, you know what? <sighs> I'm a tradesman. I am an artisan by trade, and I enjoy when people develop their skills. And this guy's no different. You know, if you're good at doing something, you don't <laughs> let other people tell you you can't do it. You just keep on fucking doing the same thing, and eventually yeah. you're going to get to the point where you're going to be able to get away with it. <laughs> well, yeah, what if someone told Shakespeare he couldn't write plays? Where would we be now? Yeah. So much like Shakespeare, we need this man to keep stealing cars, and you know, then eventually he's going to be able to graduate from there, much like in Grand Theft Auto, and start stealing tanks. And yeah. then from tanks, he can start stealing, uh, you know, fighter jets. <laughs> It's it, it just the sky's the limit, man. Just steal the world. <laughs> Drop steal the, the world, world right into the fucking sun. <laughs> yeah, steal the world. Gone in 60 seconds style, man. Just do it. I love it. Just do it. Let's talk about mass shootings, everybody. I know that everybody has heard about the mass shootings that have gone on this past weekend. And, of course, it's a, a string of mass shootings that has ended with some very prolific and high-volume massacres in El Paso, Texas, and Dayton, Ohio. Now, what can actually be said about these being different than um, some of the massacres that have taken place recently is that the one in El Paso is most certainly 100% racially motivated. Uh, this person was a white supremacist and exhibited many signs of, uh, well, <laughs> I guess as they're colloquially being known these days, red flags. You've heard this this red flag thing going on? Yeah, I mean, I've heard of the term red flag. It's uh, definitely come up on a lot of different ballot measures in different states as far as trying to keep people that, I guess the best way to put it, shouldn't have guns from having guns. Yeah. I mean, it, which is acceptable to a certain degree who ultimately gets to choose who has a gun and who doesn't have a gun. Not to mention the uh, conflation between violence and mental illness that I've been hearing about in, 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 uh, in the mass media over the last couple of days is kind of startling. Uh, especially when I have some very good friends that happen to be in the mental health field. 
I don't think that we should necessarily assume that anyone with a mental illness should not be able to have a firearm. That's certainly not the red flag that we're talking about, right? Absolutely. I mean, I, get, I think one of the things that really uh, grinds my gears, <laughs> if I want to sound like an old person, is so whenever you have, let's say, a brown person, and let's say this brown person is affiliated with, I don't know, uh, Muslim religions, yeah. Islamic faiths, uh, the the idea of mental illness never gets brought up, right? Yeah. We just assume that they're bloodthirsty savages that want to murder innocent human beings. But assume, as soon as it, it becomes an issue around white people murdering, you know, white people and otherwise, it, it, uh, it the conversation automatically goes directly to mental illness. Yep. And I, I don't understand why there's that that dichotomy between the two of why it's like any time a white person does something horribly awful, we have to blame mental illness for it. But yeah, it definitely seems like a really shitty discrepancy of like, oh, if someone has a mental illness, they might go murder a bunch of folks. Like there's no other like factors around it like white supremacy or any other kind of ideologies it's all about the mental illness let's just focus this entire conversation on mental illness well it's because it's more nuanced right like if you are to look at society as though um you know all the world's a stage right uh your round characters are those people that are part of your in-group uh, everyone that effectively looks like you because unfortunately our society is still heavily segregated. Uh, so oh, yeah. uh, those people that look like us have feelings like we do, have experiences like we do, have lives like we do, but everyone else is different. You know, part of that, right. that out group that the other, yeah, exactly. They're the other, they're the other. So they don't think the same way. If they have a violent inclination, it's not because of, some kind of, uh, you know, in mental battle that they have internally, it's because of their natural inclination to violence, uh, because right. of their um, religious determination or because of uh, their proclivities to uh, to be you know, physically violent. Uh, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous, a double standard that absolutely shouldn't exist. But race, of course – is a big part of this as well, uh, apart from the fact that the people that were targeted in at least one of the shootings was, um, you know, were targeted because of their ethnicity. Well, there's like so much more to it than mental illness, right? Like we shouldn't just like write off like mental illness as a reason why people like run into buildings and start shooting up people. Like there's so many other factors that. Yep have to take place for them to have violent tendencies that they want to act upon. Sure. Yeah. Well, what, what has to go wrong in a day for you to decide that you're, you're finally going to do it, that you're going to, you're going to pick up your, your rifle that, and it, it takes time to put this all together. Like I, I know that there are certain measures and policies that uh, politicians will posture and, 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 you know, put around their, their, their podiums in order to, um, in order to be elected or whatnot, uh, like like uh, uh, mandatory wait periods, like that's all well and good. But if you really want to do something, if you're really planning out a big event like this, 
you're still going to go through what it, whatever it takes. You're going to find your weapon. Right. You're, you're going to do whatever it is that's necessary in order to exact that kind of violence. I mean, you, you can look at many of the successful, <laughs> I use that word sparingly, successful serial killers and mass murderers uh, over the course of the last century. These folks were people that planned out what they did. You know, they, they were probably... Um, you know, mentally ill in some capacity, but that is to say, like, if you're trying to... Right, because you would have to be mentally ill to, like, you know, mass murder people. Like, that's that's an obvious, That's right? a given, yeah. Like, if, if you're of sound mind and character, you're not going to just, you know, murder people, I think, in yeah, right, you said that's a given. Yeah, there's 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 no situation in, in which that that is, uh, you know, what a healthy-minded person does. Uh, and, and it's really hard to like exhibit natural law or, uh, you know, universal ethical standards, especially on a podcast like this in which we're, you know, so negatively focused. Uh, I think that's one thing that, that can be said to be true. You know, like if, if you ever experience a, a person or a group of people that is so hateful towards other people that they are willing to, uh, Kill them, uh, or you know, try to attempt genocide towards them. There's something mentally wrong with them. They, they, they they're mentally absolutely. And I'm going to steal a phrase. I'm not proud of it. I, I like to be original and come up with my own thoughts and ideals. But from another podcast, the last podcast on the left, Marcus Parks has often and many times said, "Mental illness is not your fault, but it is your responsibility." And that is true. Hmm. And thinking about these mass shootings, that is. Uh, exemplified in how true that statement is. Yeah, uh, that, that's absolutely true. Um, but your responsibility, especially to, to get help, uh, exactly to, to reach out to your support groups and to professionals out there that are looking to help folks like you. That's true. So exhibit a little self care. Uh, as soon as you get off this podcast, uh, you should, if you feel as though you have that need, you, you should seek it. At the same time, I can I can see the devil's advocate of this country doesn't give a fuck about mental illness and it's really fucking expensive to seek help. And I can see why lots of people don't go and seek it because it is a luxury in our society, unfortunately. Or they seek it through other means, uh, whether it be religious communities uh, or uh, talking about it through, um, you know, in between the lines to friends and family. Uh, it really does help to talk to a professional though. Like those people have been fucking trained. Like they, they know what you're going through on a level that your friends and family are just simply not going to be able to, uh, you know, cater to. Um, yeah. Uh, so what's sad about this situation and what we ultimately want to focus on is that two countries have issued travel warnings to their citizens about visiting the United States. And that's not a situation that I think we ever want to find our, our, our nation to be in. Those countries being both Venezuela and Uruguay, who have warned the residents of the possibility of violence and hate crimes to be committed against them if they were to enter the United States. So I have, like, dual feelings about this. So we have the fact that I mean, obviously, this is set, right? The the because uh, we think about travel warnings traditionally only being carried out for places that are uh, ill 
ill-fit for travel that you have the possibility of uh, having da- uh, danger or harm done to you, right? Which, I yeah. mean, statistically, that can be happen. That can happen to anyone, right? Like, I mean, you or I, Tim, like, if you looked at the statistics, like, one in 1,000 people, if you live in X, Y, and Z city, will have blah-dee-blah done to them, right? Right. Very bad, right? Uh, and so if you, like, look at the statistics of the number of people injured in these shootings i mean it's more more than should ever ever happen right it should never ever ever happen it should be zero yeah but uh totaling you know 31 people you know 31 people out of i don't know how many hispanic people in the united states but i'm i'm willing to guess it's you know many 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 millions and not all those people were of the latina persuasion either uh right so, that too uh but it it's still I, I think it still is deafening just how loud uh, a lot of these hate crimes and general sentiment towards non-whites in the United States has become in recent years. Um, right. and, and that's evident in some of the comments that uh, I, I, it looks like it's Uruguay that is um, recommending to its citizens indiscriminate possession of firearms by the population and the impossibility of authorities to prevent these situations uh, mean that you should take precaution amid the growing indiscriminatory violence, specifically hate crimes, including racism and discrimination. I mean, that's absolutely. Yeah, that's uh, yeesh. It's heavy. Like, mm, it's, it's kind of like being that being the one person in the class. It's like everybody is like being wary of because you've made too many bad mistakes in the past. Like that's a kid that's always trying to start fights. Uh, you know, that's that's the kid who always gives you like the 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 weird googly eyes. Like America, don't be that kid. Like don't 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 be the red flag kid. Right. Right. Gosh. Yeah, it, it's unfortunate because we usually think about the United States issuing travel warning bans to other countries of saying it's unsafe for its population to go there. So the the flip it's on its the flip it on its head and have the United States be the place of which other countries are issuing travel warnings from. It's like, oh, are we the bad guys? Yeah, <laughs> uh, are we the baddies? Exactly. It might be. Uh, they also suggested avoiding the cities of. Well, <laughs> they're. <laughs> Some of these cities were listed as the 20 most dangerous cities in the world, according to CEO World Magazine 2019 Index. Um, can you guess what the top three are? I can only because I'm looking at the article, so that seems unfair. It does. It does quite so. Uh, yeah, we like to pull up articles while we're talking about them, so that was actually a dumb question on my part. I should have <laughs> I should have withheld information from Jimmy and then been like, "Hey, Jimmy, can you guess what these are?" <laughs> I could have guessed one of them at least because I lived very close to it for a while. Uh, Was that Baltimore? Baltimore, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, got him. Yeah. Every time I went to Baltimore, I was like, "Man, should I be like wearing like a flag jacket or something? This is this is rough. It's spooky." Uh, I know I've already talked about my Baltimore experience on the podcast, so check out our earlier episodes and <laughs> find out. Find out more about the strip clubs of Baltimore, which Tim likes to frequent. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's kind of impossible not to, because if you walk enough blocks and there's no businesses except for strip clubs, eventually you're going to have to use the bathroom and go into. Exactly. Yeah. 
And they all have cover charges, so you're going to have to, you know, spend at least 20 bucks to get inside just to piss. Good God, $20 covers? Hey, man. Oh, those strippers, them good. They, they that good, good. Hard-working girls, you know what I mean? Or guys, no, I mean, depending on your flavor, you know? And the other dangerous cities happen to be Detroit and Albuquerque. Yeah. Albuquerque, that's just fun to say. Albuquerque. I feel Albuquerque, Albuquerque right now. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, dude. Uh, so this is pretty sad. Yuck. Mm. A yuck? A yuck, a yuck, a yuck. Well, gosh, Mickey, this sure seems bad. What are we going to do about it? Oh, <laughs> uh, man. Uh, well, did you happen to hear... Uh, any of the, uh, well, I guess Trump in particular uh, no. said a few words about the shootings. I, I, uh, the politics around mass shootings is probably one of my least favorite form of politics. Yeah. So, and also, I've been in Il- central Illinois where I've had no internet while all of this shit was going down. Oh, geez. So I haven't been keeping up with every last waking moment of it. So I, I, no, I don't know shit. So he actually spoke out against white supremacists for the first time, uh, at least that I had heard of since he had taken the presidency. Okay. So that's a step in the right direction, despite the fact that it is obviously in opposition to the way in which he's reacted to every other uh, white supremacist of uh, violent act that has occurred during his tenure as president. Right. In which he's, you know, defended them and said, you know, there's fault on both sides and, you know, all all that kind of dumb shit. Uh, Right. In this instance, he's just like, yeah, white supremacy is bad. Okay. Like, okay. That is, that that is progress. (laughs) Hey, 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 this just in folks, Trump said white supremacy is bad. Yeah. So we like, we got to give him like a little pat on the back (laughs) for, it's like, oh, you finally did the right thing. Oh, Here's a sucker. Yeah, you you did great. You're not a. I'm not, I, I can't, you, you get no points for that. <laughs> it's like, you get like half a point. Yeah, it's like if you have to say they're bad, maybe there's like a a part of your mind in there that you had to like try to convince yourself that they were bad. So you're saying right. they're bad in order to kind of like I don't know symbolically interact with your own being. Uh, yeah, I don't I don't I don't like it. I don't like it. Good, nice. good that he said it. Don't believe him for an instant that he's trying to disrupt his base, which happens to contain white supremacists. Values. Eh. Oh yeah. Yeah, get it. Mm. Not saying if that, not I all of them, the are, most fervent. Yeah, exactly. But some of them for sure. Yeah, some of them for sure. Um, gosh. Okay, so we got a silver lining here, Jimmy. What do you think? Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. You're a piece of shit for even asking me that goddamn question. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have a silver lining either. Uh, uh, United States is getting its just due. This place has sucked forever, and now finally countries are giving us travel warning bans. Yeah, well, the spread of information is fantastic, and I think that these travel bans probably should have been around prior. Oh, yeah. Especially when you're talking about going to those three cities that we discussed. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, yeah. Like, but I, I don't know why anyone would be like, um, I'm a foreigner and I've never visited the United States, but I'd really like to go and see Albuquerque, New Mexico. I don't know why. I've just always wanted to go there. Yeah, all the, like, that's never happened ever. Yeah, those are not 
tourist destinations. I've always wanted to see the streets of Baltimore. They're disgusting. <laughs> I don't know why. There's something about Baltimore. Like I watched the I watched The Wire, and I've just always wanted to go there ever since. Good luck getting out. Uh, man, I I think it. The, okay, so my my opinion, the silver lining here is that the people who are made aware of these travel warnings that live in the United States will have a rattled sense of nationalism. Maybe they will rethink this pie-in-the-sky idea of the United States being this perfect utopia in which we lead all of the other countries in fantastic uh, hard work and, and conservative traditional values uh, so that everyone can – uh, live together in Christian harmony and love one another and help each other pull each other's bootstraps and shit. I don't know. That's, that's basically all I got there. Uh, but hopefully they just second guess uh, this notion that America's the best. No, I think I think anyone that carries those values will probably read this article and be like, fake news, yeah. fuck Venezuela, socialism, yeah. Uruguay, didn't really say fuck them. Yeah, somebody made that up. Everybody knows that America is the best place to travel to. <laughs> yeah, all oh, America. I, I don't make enough money to ever leave it, but it's the best. Why would I ever want to travel anywhere else? Oh, yeah. Man. Hell yeah. Ugh. I mean, I know you're probably going to... I don't, I don't know enough about that to posture on it fuck that uh <laughs> so Got him. moving on what are you sad about jimmy so i recently uh went to central illinois to go visit some of my kinfolk yeah uh go out to the land where people say ewins instead of you all or y'all y'all huh Wait, yeah. a Ewins? What is a Ewins? Ewins, Ewins. It's the uh, Chicago slash to Illinois way of saying y'all. So in Illinois, I don't know if anywhere else says Ewins, but my grandma, my grandma, her dialect's all fucked up. She doesn't know. <laughs> like she isn't that like has been, that's Boston's hockey team, right? The Ewins? Yeah, isn't it? I don't know. I don't live in New England. All I know is Kentucky and shit. Anyway, they, the, they were playing for the Stanley Cup, man. The Boston, what the Boston? Twins. I don't know. I don't know. Fuck about fuck. <laughs> Anyways, so my grandma, like, she was raised in Illinois, and but like also lived in Texas and spent most of her life in Kentucky. So she has this weird combination of like fucked up ways to say words from living in Illinois and fucked up ways of saying words from living in Kentucky her most of her life. Okay. So her dialect's all, sh- like, instead of saying oil, she says earl. Instead of saying, like, picture, she says pitcher. And I don't know. Picture. Like, she doesn't say, she says most of her words wrong, okay? Aww. I would have to translate for for most people to know what she's saying. But anyways, she says Ewan's and, uh, well, while I was out there visiting her, uh, I have a family member who has a cabin out in central Illinois, and we were staying at this cabin. And in the cabin bathroom, it had two doors. One door leading to, like, the master bedroom, and another door leading to the living room. So my dad and his wife, you know, they slept in the master bedroom, and I slept in the living room. And on the first night, 
Um, I woke up in the morning and I needed to pee, as I always need to do, as, you know, most normal goddamn human beings need to do. And I went to go try to use the restroom, but my dad had locked the door, and so I couldn't get into the restroom, so I had to go pee outside with the, with the cows and the chickens and all the other freaking animals. And when I woke up, and when my dad finally woke up, I gave him shit, be like, Dad, I had to pee outside like a goddamn animal and it's all your fault! And I was pissed! And so my dad was like, oh, I'm sorry, it's my fault, Jimmy. And I'm like, yeah, it is your fault. I'm pissed. Yeah. But, he, you know, I forgave him. And then the next day, <laughs> you know, we go back to the cabin and I sleep. And the floors are all creaky. And someone wakes up in the middle of the night and they got to go and use the restroom. And I don't judge them for that, but it woke me up. And now it's 1.30 in the morning and I need to pee. I'm like, okay, it sounds like they're done. I'm going to go use the restroom now. And I go and I jiggle the door handle for the restroom, and the door's locked again! <laughs> and I can't go and use the restroom. And then unlike the night before, the day before, I could go out when it was sunlight, it's 1.30 in the morning, and it's dark as shit. And so, the door's locked, and I gotta pee, so I have to, like, go outside, and there's all these, like, woo, woo, mm-hmm. bug noises, and owls, and all kinds of random other stuff and so i'm just like outside like looking around 360 peeing like hoping no one comes up and creeps up on me because it's all scary and quiet so i had to like pee outside four times on this stupid trip because my dad locked me out of the bathroom two nights in a row and oh sucks man it's bullshit so silver lining peeing outside is great it's it's not great at one thirty in the morning. It's scary as hell. Yeah, it blows. Like I, I really don't want to go outside in the middle of the night. It's it's so so bad. I like leave the comfort of the cabin to be like, mm-hmm. I hope nobody comes and murders my ass and buries me in a cornfield. Yeah, that would kind of blow. Or like a pack of wolves, just kind of like. Yeah, like you know coyotes or whatever. Yeah, they'll get you. They'll get you. Uh, and there's probably enough of them to take you down, so beware. Seriously, I'm, 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 I'm wiry, but I'm weak. Yeah, well, you know, they got numbers, and, um, exactly. you always gotta be wary of the numbers. Yeah, that's bullshit. That sucks, dude. Fucking asshole. Mm-hmm. That blues. Uh, so, what I'm sad about, I, I am formally unemployed, uh, and I've been that way for going on four weeks now, so... Wow. Um, it is kind of weird. Like I'm filling my time with random shit, uh, and trying to work my butt off in order to get a business off the ground. Uh, but it's still like, you still second guess your choices despite that. And I know some of our listeners out there have probably gone through this at some point or another. Uh, if you ever find yourself to be unemployed, even if, you know, your, your needs are cared for and the people who you're responsible for, uh, their needs are cared for, uh, and everything in life is going fine in a financial sense. You still kind of feel like you're, you're not doing what you're supposed to, right? Yeah. You just feel uneasy. Yeah. It's like, it's like you could be, you can be working your ass off and have all of those other things checked. But if you're, if you don't have a formal job, if you don't have like a 401k plan, if you don't have, uh, health insurance through the corporation that you're employed from. If you don't have a boss, right. the middle manager, and all this other shit, then you're like, well, what am I supposed to be doing? I think that this is a product of uh, being bred into 
uh, that type of working. In. Oh yeah, you're brainwashed, man. I, I kind of feel like it because I like I aside from like that uneasy feeling, I was like. I should probably have a job. Maybe I should get a job. And then I look around. It's like, I don't have time for a job. Like, I'm doing all this other fucking shit. Like, I'd rather just do my own business. I'd rather, you know, ensure that, uh, you know, everything in the house is taken care of. And then, you know, everything is fine for the people I care about. Like, why, what the hell am I doing? What the hell am I worried about? Right? What a, yeah, man. Hmm, should should be a, a fortunate circumstance, and yet I'm sad about it. So... How how dopey is that? No, I totally get that, man. Mm-hmm. Pretty weird. Pretty weird. Uh, well, if if any of y'all have uh, experiences like that, you'd like to reach out and tell us about your unemployment or uh, you know a scary country or city that you recently visited. Uh, you can get in touch with us all over the place, uh, Jimmy. Where all could they do that? All right, if you are interested in getting in contact with us, you can do so by emailing us at cynicempowerment at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you there. Or you can like us on Facebook and send us a message. Or you can tweet at us at cynicempowerme1 on the Twitter. We would love to hear from you. It would mean a whole lot to us. A whole lot to us. We would really appreciate it if you do that. Thank you for listening today. You guys are fantastic. Please keep your head up, and we will catch you next time. Yeah, that's right, everybody. Keep your head up, and we will catch you all on the next episode. Burr, burr, burr. Burr.